Now, on my way to Dunkin' Donuts, I mean, at Dunkin' Donuts, this guy was standing in front of me. You read that? Hounds of Hades, Brotherhood of the Underworld, Brockton. I said, we're going to have a great service today. Yeah. <laughs> I had to snap that picture. I'm glad he didn't see me snap it, but <laughs> glory to God. Going to have some encounter fun there, Amen. Praise the Lord. We are in spiritual warfare. How many of you know that? Yep. Hallelujah. And then uh, Pastor Judy looked up what Hounds of uh, Hades was. You want to share that real quick? Do you have that? Okay. <clears throat> it's quite interesting. Testing one, two. <laughs> All right, there it is. Everything about this is so evil. And it said, the hounds of Hades were demonic dogs used by the ISU Hades in the simulation of the underworld to hunt down spirits who were denied passage. And if you go and you read all the different... Um, the different de definitions, it says, in Greek mythology, often referred to as the Hound of Hades, is a multi-headed dog that guards the gates of the underworld to prevent the dead from leaving. <laughs> That's powerful. That is so, I couldn't believe you saw that. I'm like, I thought it was a gang or something. That's why I looked it up. I said, oh, it's probably just some gang. But this is pure evil. Hallelujah. We are the light of the world, amen? amen? The evil is surrounding us, but we're the light. Glory to God. Amen. So we're going to talk about fire today, baptism of fire. Hallelujah. A lot of, you know, a lot of the charismatic or the Pentecostal people speak in tongues, but there's another portion of that scripture and we'll share that in just a moment. But uh, first of all, David said this, and I thought it was uh, something that they sang that song, Revive, the Revival, Revive Us Again. Uh, in Psalms 85, verse 6, you know, David, if anybody in the Old Testament, besides Jeremiah, you know, the fire was in his bones. Remember that? He would say, I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm not going to preach, but the fire was on the inside of him, and he couldn't contain himself. Amen. But I believe King David understood what the fire, holy passion for the things of God. And that's what we're missing in, in, in the modern church is a passion. This place should be filled up. We have enough people that if we'd all get here, we'd fill up this place twice. Come on, I mean, we, we take numbers, we count numbers every week, and, and we know that, uh, you know, that if everybody would come, if everybody had that passion, and I know there are, there are reasons why people can't come, uh, but even in, if, if you're sick, you should come to get healed. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But, uh, you know, this place, I mean, should be packed out with people that we've touched because of the fire of God on the inside of them. I can't help but going to church because of the something on the inside of me. Amen. Amen. It will get you out of bed. It will motivate you. It will move you 
to go to the house of God to worship God. And David had that. Amen? Hey, hallelujah. But in this scripture says, will you not revive us again? David's crying out, oh God, will you not revive us again? Send a revival that your people may rejoice in you. Amen. God wants a people that, that are rejoicing. Hallelujah. And the only kind of people I know, and I grew up in religious churches, hallelujah, and, and we were thinking about that song, Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory. We used to sing that every Sunday, and there wasn't a joy person in the whole house. I don't even know how we led that song. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, full, you know. I used to lead song out here. Everybody stand. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, full, full of something, but it wasn't glory. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it wasn't the fire of God. So David wanted the, his people to hunger after the Lord. Amen. Out after God like he had, hallelujah. He, he was a little bit fanatical, right? Dancing before the Lord with all of his might, took off his kingly robes, just made a fool of himself. When, when, when you're under the fire of God, it doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like, hallelujah. You ladies have a hard time with your makeup and your mascara. Hallelujah. Praise God, but you just want the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. Someone on the inside is working on the outside. Hallelujah. And when both of them come together, when the glory comes in from the outside, and you have the glory on the inside, and they smack together, glory to God. Hallelujah. It sparks a fire. Glory. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, let's look at this scripture. This is John the Baptist. Click. I don't have this. You better have that, John. Go. <laughs> okay, there it is. Hallelujah. I don't have that in my notepad, okay? Praise God. Matthew chapter 3, 11. I indeed baptize you with water. This is John the Baptist unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier, is more important than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And fire. That's what the church is missing, the fire part. There's a lot of Pentecostal churches that people speak in tongues, but they don't have the fire of God that drives them, amen, to witness, that drives them to, to get to the house of God, that drives them to serve the Lord with passion. Say passion. passion. Even the apostle Paul talked about zealousness for the things of God. Hallelujah. Not just, just barely, you know, just acting your Christian needs and, 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 and just, you know, I love Jesus. Amen. You're not going to convince anybody like that. But when you have a Holy Ghost fire burning on the inside of you, it's going to burn on the outside. There's something that's going to be very contagious, glory to God. 
Hallelujah. And you can see the disciples operating in the anointing that Jesus had, but there was something that they were lacking, and even before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, boys, there's something you've got to do because you're not going to be able to minister because when I go, the fire is going to go but I'm sending the fire back. I'm sending the Holy Spirit back. Hallelujah. Praise God. And when he comes, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive dunamis from on high, supernatural energy. Hallelujah. That's why the upper room experience, it was powerful. And when they came down, we'll read that a little bit later, but Acts chapter 3, verse 19, you know, Peter stood up and said, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Times of, I mean, I'm telling you this morning that the times of refreshing are here, but we have to move in. We have to get fanatical. We've, you know, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's, it's something that can take, it just takes a little bit of, of, of ember, just a, just a little bit to start a forest fire. Amen. And it takes forever, sometimes months for them to put it out. Hallelujah. That's why Smokey Bear says to put your fire out. And I think the church has listened to Smokey Bear. Put the fire out. Let's not get too much fire in church. After all, you don't want, you know, and, and I remember uh, in the church where I was an associate pastor that, you know, the young people, it was down to the Jesus people movement, and they would come in, they'd get saved, and, and they were, you know, they didn't clap their hands like this, hallelujah. They came in and just, oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Then our pastor said, I love, I love them, but he said, that's the flesh. Well, I don't know about you, but David must have been in the flesh when he danced before the Lord with all of his might. Hallelujah. When something is burning and churning in your spirit, your flesh will react. If nothing is happening, you may as well die because you're going to be dead. You're going to be a dead head. Hallelujah. But God wants us alive, burning with the spirit of God. Revive us again, hallelujah. So refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. George Whitefield began to preach at age 21. You notice how God's moving among the young people right now. And you're going to see that uh, as I read some of these uh, instances of revival in the fire of God moving upon his people, that the young people catch it. That doesn't mean the older ones can't catch it, too. Yeah, hallelujah. Catch it, praise God. Begin to, he began to preach at age 21. And one, one was, he was one of the greatest preachers in the 1700s. He often spoke to crowds in excess of 30,000 people without a microphone. Hallelujah. That had to be supernatural. 30,000 people without amplification. Well, Jesus did that. He spoke to multitudes, 5,000, without any microphone. Hallelujah. The fire of God. Praise the Lord. Jonathan Edwards, a young preacher in Southampton, Massachusetts. We know about him. Edwards had a great influence on the youth of his day. 
1734, some exciting things begin to happen among the young people of New England. Hallelujah, I like that. God did it once, he can do it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it goes on to say, it seemed to be a time of extraordinary dullness in religion. How many of you can say amen to that? There's dullness in religion. A guy by the name of Winky Prattney, I, Prattney, I was reading this last night, and, and you know, it's amazing how God has connected Pastor Judy and I with, with uh, some of the generals. I could have grew, I, I was raised assembly of God. I could have, my uncle was an ordained minister for 50 years in the assembly. I could have just followed that way. Dead, <laughs> religious, but see, the fire got a hold of me at a very young age, and I wasn't satisfied. But I remember after I was first licensed to the ministry, Assemblies of God wouldn't license me at first. I had to go around about. They probably wouldn't have licensed a lot of, of the disciples, if you think about it. Amen? But uh, <clears throat> so I was licensed. I, I, I visited, I, I just, I don't know why I visited Full Gospel Tabernacle, another church. Fresno had a lot of Assembly of God churches. It was one of the larger churches. And I just went in there one night, maybe to talk to the pastor, because of a young man just searching, how do I get in the ministry? How do, you know, I'm just starting out. And uh, I actually walked into uh, the, the office area of the church, and a, 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 a fellow by the name of Winky Prattney was there. Amen. I just remembered that. And uh, I had dinner with him that night. He invited me to dinner and then shared, you know, just some, some life-changing things. And uh, he was a, a studious man. I looked him up online. He's on Facebook, actually. A lot older now than we were back then, but uh, he, was, he wrote about a lot of revivals. He was a revivalist. And so he wrote about this uh, revival in Massachusetts. And he says these uh, church kids ignored their parents and walked the streets and partied all night. Sounds like today, right? So it says, when two young people died unexpectedly, some of Edward's sermons begin to get through. The young rebels of the town begin to turn to Christ, and it became the Jesus movement of that generation. Hallelujah. God began to move. Evan Roberts, a movement known as the Welsh Revival, began in 1904. Even Evan Roberts, at the age of 26, say 26, said to his college principal, I keep hearing a voice that tells me that I must go home to speak to our young people in my church. So began a sweeping revival in which 100,000 people were converted in five months throughout Wales. Hallelujah. The revival seems to work especially among young people. Hallelujah. You know why? Because you're hungry for a change. Amen. You're searching. Hallelujah. It said its form, which is that of prayer, praise, and personal testimony, and its absence of method, I like that, make it the most revival of expression 
of the emotions of young hearts aflamed with God's love. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In other words, you get so, look at our young people here. They get really fanatical. Sometimes they embarrass me when I go away. That Brockton church over there. We went up to Fitchburg a couple nights <laughs> this week. I don't know about you guys. Even we took a bunch to uh, Louisiana last year, this past year. I mean, it was the Brockton. I mean, Brockton. I'm saying Brockton. We're not in Brockton anymore. We've left that place. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. But living word, church. Amen. They were the loudest. They ran around. Just acted drunk. Made the most noise. I don't know them. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, that's the fire of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Even Julie over there. <laughs> Educated. Should know better than to act like she does. <laughs> and I'll tell you, most of the time she's drunk up working the camera. <laughs> the fire of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Yale University, 1905, nearly one-fourth of the college students were part of the campus prayer meetings and Bible studies. Hallelujah. Oh, amen. And we know about the Jesus and charismatic revival that took place. We watched the movie and stuff with Chuck Smith and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, the charismatic movement. God has moved so many times. But now there is a time, something is happening, something is stirring. And folks, we, we don't want to push it away. We don't want to think of it as insignificant. We want to dive into it. And this is a Sunday morning service, okay? Last Sunday night, when Pastor Judy was preaching, I wasn't paying attention to her. No, just kidding. <laughs> you need to come tonight, okay? It's going to be awesome. No, but the Lord, you know, I preached on the rapture of the church, and then I preached last week on communion, and so I was saying, this is weird. I, I don't usually preach messages like this. I just, well, you know, and, and, then, and then all of a sudden, baptism of fire came up. I said, okay, I don't know how we're going to do that on a Sunday morning. That's a, <laughs> that's a Sunday night message, uh, whatever but see I you know a lot of people come on Sunday morning they don't come on Sunday nights and folks if you don't come on Sunday nights you need to come on Sunday nights amen <clears throat> because people do besides hearing the word of faith and a good teaching people do get beside themselves sometimes on Sunday nights hallelujah but see, you as a Sunday morning group, I don't want to leave you out. I don't want to leave you. I want to tell you there's more than what you are experiencing. There's more than you just coming to church and you hearing a good message and you going home. 
God wants to touch you with fire. Amen. So you won't be just a Sunday morning attender. That You'll be here every time the church is open. Amen. You'll be a volunteer, praise God. You'll, you'll want to win souls. You'll want to push into the things of God and the move of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I already quoted that, but Jesus said you've got to go and get filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can receive power. I believe that's the fire of God. You know, speaking in tongues is the evidence, the initial evidence of, of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Many of you might just be born again and you're saved, you're going to heaven. That's okay, but you need the power. You need the fire. You need your prayer language. You need to fight. You, you need the weapons of our warfare. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. You're not going to do that. You're not going to fight the good fight of faith and being a, a casual Christian. Amen? You'll go to heaven. You get to heaven, hallelujah. But wouldn't you rather win victories? Amen? Wouldn't you rather have the fire here? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. And we know that there's, there's, there's stones of fire in heaven that people talk about walking on them and just, there's a lot of fire going on in heaven. But God wants us to touch some fire down here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So Acts chapter 2, verse 4, let's look at that, the upper room experience. And this upper room experience is the New Testament experience. You can't get by it. This is when the church was born, and it didn't die out when John died on the Isle of Patmos. Amen. The signs, wonders, and miracles and what God told the church to do, it was birthed in power, and it's going to leave in power. Amen? So can you put that scripture up, Acts chapter 2? Amen. And let's start at, uh, let's start at verse 1, <laughs> okay? Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Hallelujah. Click. All right. Praise God. You need some coffee back there. <laughs> right? You need some coffee. Some Holy Ghost caffeine. <laughs> Coffee in the Holy Ghost. Amen? When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Pentecost. Pen we didn't make a big thing about Pentecost, but it was uh, the feast of Pentecost. And God waited till that time to outpour the Holy Spirit upon the earth. Isn't that wonderful? Amen? So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were in church, 120 of them, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. That's why the Catholics get excited about the Holy Ghost. Amen? <laughs> because Mary was up there, and she spoke with tongues. She must have been one of those drunken women that came out of the upper room. Hallelujah. Okay, so when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Let's go next to the next scripture. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Hallelujah. It messed up people's hair. <laughs> it wasn't a typical Sunday morning prayer meeting, all right? Rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Next. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues 
as a fire. Say fire. fire. And, and, and one set upon each of them. Remember John said, the one who's coming after me is mightier than I. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Hallelujah. Next scripture. And they were all, say all. all. Every section. <laughs> there wasn't one of them said, I got to go to the bathroom. That's what a lot of people do when the altar service gets, you know, they, they, you see them kind of sneak out. <laughs> My grandpa always did that. <laughs> when things started getting weird at the end of the service, he had an urge. Amen. Stay in where the fire is. Glory to God. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then Peter preached the message. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk. Well, I don't know if that's for the modern church. It was for the first church and God hasn't changed his mind. Amen? Amen? Amen. Where I take my daughter to uh, music lessons, there is a big liquor store now. You see people getting, uh, going in and, and you know, I mean, they're lined up out there. Going in to get the wrong spirit. Spirit of the world. They need something. I'm telling you what, the church needs something. Amen. And it isn't at your neighborhood liquor store. But is it church? It's, it's in the presence of God. Hallelujah. If you want to get drunk, you need to go to church. And drink of that living water. Amen? Drink of the Holy Spirit, praise God. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, and that's even worse, morning time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> and then he quotes Prophet Joel. It says, but this is what was spoken by the Prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and of smoke. Now, now, I looked this up, and, and there's two ways to interpret it. Of course, there's coming the last days, and there's going to be signs in the heavens. But a lot of the Bible teachers uh, say that the blood is a, a resurgence of the teaching of the blood of Jesus. How many of you have heard about the blood of Jesus lately? In the last days, glory to God. Hallelujah. And he goes on to talk about 
fire. How many of you have heard about fire lately? I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You put the blood of Jesus and the fire together, you're going to have the next thing, and that's vapor of smoke. What does that represent? The glory. The manifested presence of the Lord coming into our churches in these last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And let me tell you, it's about, it's happening now, and it's going to intensify. It's going like a, like a, uh, <laughs> some of those fires they have out west. It's, it's, it's going, and once it starts, nobody's going to be able to put it out, and I believe it's going to be the great influence. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And in this atmosphere, okay, of the glory of the fire and the, and, the, and the blood, it says, and it shall come to pass, in verse 21, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall be saved. Praise God. Think about that. It's going to be powerful. Glory. We're ready for it. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah, again. Uh, he, he couldn't be quiet. He wanted to be quiet, but he just couldn't. <laughs> He'd be one of those people that, that, that walk into a church and disrupt the service because there, were, there, there was fire. He had something in him that nobody else had. I can't stop but preaching the word of the Lord. I can't stop it because it's fire that's in my bones. It's part of me. It's igniting on the inside of me. I can't help to speak in tongues because it go by, by. It just comes out, glory to God. I can't help it getting a little bit topsy-turvy because something is on the inside of me and it's making me act a little weird, weird but I'm telling you know what? I'm happy. I'm joyful. I have victory, glory to God. And every one of you, whether you've experienced that or not, some of you are on onlookers. You'll say, that's okay for them, but I'm too sophisticated. I mean, my family will think I'm weird. After all, my husband's sitting next to me. I can't act like that. I'm a guy, I can't do that. I'll wreck my reputation. You need your reputation wrecked. Hallelujah. You need it wrecked. You're a good group. I hope the second service is just like you guys. Will you come back and help me? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And in that atmosphere, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You want to see a supernatural influx of people coming in. The, you want your family to come. You've been around them Thanksgiving Day. Why don't you get drunk a little bit? You get your family, your unsaved relatives around there. And say, you know, we're going to have a prayer meeting. Over this turkey. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Republicans and Democrats. 
We're going to talk about Jesus. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And instead of getting stuffed with pie, you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Just have an altar call. Say, we're going to have an altar call before we eat. Turkey's getting cold. Stuffing's getting cold. So you better get saved right now. So you're going to have a cold dinner. Hallelujah. Fire! Julie, are you drunk over there? Look at her. Do you work for, she works for a lawyer. Hope you don't act that way at work. But you know what? There's something on the inside of you. You carry with you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God wants to touch you. I want you to stand up this morning. First of all, if you're here and you're not born again, I'm going to give you an invitation that Jesus came to die for your sins. You're trying to make it in your life without God. Trying to make it through the difficult situations. And not only that, if you die without Christ, you're going to hell. And those hounds of Haiti. (laughs) It's a terrible place, but Jesus went to the cross for you. In fact, I believe if you were the only person, he would have died for you. He loves you that much. If you're visiting me today, say, I've never been to a church like this. Well, that's okay. Come back. You'll begin to act like us. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I'm going to ask you this morning, if you're not here and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, that's the most important thing that you can do in 2023. It could be your birthday. How many of you remember your birthday when you got saved? You got born again. Born again. We're going to give you a new birthday today. I want you to say this prayer. Actually, two things you have to do. Believe that Jesus died in your place to forgive you of your sins, that he rose again, and you say, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Make him the Lord of your life. So let's all pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of a Savior. Now, dear Jesus, thank you for going to the cross and dying in my place. Now, Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart, come into my life, to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you for it. 
Thank you that I'm born again. That heaven is my home now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, you may have been a churchgoer for a long time. Maybe a church like this or another type of church. But there was something Holy Spirit was speaking to you. Said you need more than what you have. You need more than just a casual Christianity. You need a life flowing out of you. Power resonating in you. A fire, that, a new drive, a new purpose, a new zeal for the things of God. Hallelujah. I invite you to lift up your hands right now. The Holy Spirit, baptize me. Baptize me with that fire. Oh, hallelujah. Baptize me with that fire. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you want more, I want you to just come to the front. We're not going to take long. Just come to the front. You need to just show that you, you want more of God. Julie, I don't know how much more you could take. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody should be up here. Seriously, everybody should be up here. Everybody. Everybody. My desire, and Pastor Judy's desire, 100%, every, that wasn't funny. (laughs) Everybody, don't get me going, okay? Everybody should want all. All, everything. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Now lift up your hands. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive you now and everything you have for me. And dear Jesus, Right now, now. baptize me me. with the Holy Spirit Spirit. and fire Fire. right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise your hands and begin to thank him for it. 
Begin to thank him for it. Begin to thank him for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God.